You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. If my future self came back in time and teamed up with my 12-year-old self, I'm not entirely sure I'd be much help, because I was like Adam here. I got bullied, I spent a lot of time playing video games and watching movies. A little shit, too. <laughs> I was not a little shit, I was too afraid to be a little shit to anyone, so... I can see it now, adult TC going to young TC. Young TC, don't buy a Wii U! <laughs> but I can assure you that if it did happen... I would be thrilled as this kid is. Car chases, fight sequences, spaceships. Yes, please. In fact, if my future self wanted to come back right now and hook me up with all those things, I would be totally cool with it. Time travel action adventure is pretty much on the top of my bucket list. Who's with me? I'm serious. If he shows up right now and interrupts us, you guys are on your own reviewing this movie. Well, I don't like myself now, so I can't imagine I'll enjoy future dog. I imagine he's some kind of warlord or a slumlord, some kind of lord. Some sort of lord. After succeeding in the box office with Free Guy, Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy have teamed up again to give us the Adam Project. Adam Reed, age 12, is still grieving after the sudden death of his father a year earlier. He walks into his garage one night to find a wounded pilot hiding there. This mysterious pilot turns out to be the older version of himself from the future where time travel is in its infancy. He has risked everything to come back in time on a secret mission, and together they must embark on an adventure to save the world. But adding to the challenge to this mission, the two Adams discover that they really don't like each other very much. And if they're going to save the world, they're going to have to figure out how to get along. This also stars Zoe Saldana, Catherine Keener, Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, and Walker Scobell as a young Adam doing a hell of a young Ryan Reynolds impression. I am T.C. DeWitts of the Screener Squad, and I am joined in present day by Ray... Hello. Frank. Hi. I was the same kind of little shit that this 12-year-old Adam was, so <laughs> that's probably why I didn't like him. <laughs> and Lord Doggett. Slum Lord Doggett. <laughs> well, squad, do we want to travel back in time and prevent ourselves from seeing this movie, or is there a positive review in the future from all of us? What do we have to say? I'd like to go back to a different time. Like, I want to go back to a time when I'm not around before but that's just neither here nor there wait are you implying you want to travel back in time to erase yourself from existence or you're saying you want to go back further no like i'm talking about like a marty mcfly sort of thing i ah, want to go okay. back like to like the roaring 20s like that's what i would like mm-hmm. to go and check out you have a midnight in paris vibe about you i feel yeah like. it would have been older frank visiting younger frank and younger frank will be like do we still live in texas and older frank just has to look away yeah. <laughs> i would actually travel forward i don't know that i'd go back Mm-hmm. There's nothing I know, I know it sounds weird But I can't think of anything That I'd want to go back to There's always the known 
and then there's the unknown, which is which is more attractive to me, I think, than the things that I know. So, but you also have to carry that back with you when you come back. And it's just scary. If it's a bad known, it's just something that you're just like, okay, well, this really big tragedy is going to happen, and I'll start the clock on my phone, so I'll know. It's interesting that we would go to such dark places in regards to time travel because this movie is having way more fun than that. Yes, there is the loss of a father due to an accident that Adam, both older Adam and younger Adam, are dealing with. But for the most part, this is just popcorn movie blockbuster fare of just car chases, one-liners, and a good time to be had by all. Copyright pre-lightsabers. That's right. <laughs> this is Ryan Reynolds' dialogue at, at the height of Ryan Reynolds' dialogue. Somebody got together and wrote this. And like we said, he's working with the director from Free Guy. So it's very mm-hmm. obvious that somebody said, hey, let's write another movie for Ryan Reynolds because, boy, is there some dialogue. He's right in his pocket here. It's right in his pocket. They must have written this for him. So, But then they find this kid who can handle the same kind of dialogue, which, yeah. yes, although annoying at times as it can be for the character – I thought it was a lot of fun to watch this kid do a Ryan Reynolds impression. I had to look up if they did any CG to make him look like Ryan Reynolds because the features that he has on his young 12-year-old face, he looks just like Ryan Reynolds. It's so funny because I this kid's practically in every scene. At one point, I can't remember if it was in the first half or the second half of the movie, I thought, does this kid always look that way? <laughs> or did he become more Ryan Reynolds-esque? Is yeah, what you're I was going to say, he's just like, did his features change or something? And let's not get into what they did with Catherine Keener, and like, it was like, which looks nothing like Catherine Keener. And is this still the same kid? Yeah. Because he just didn't, because I didn't like the kid. <laughs> so, because <laughs> not only was he a little shit, which would be fine, he can be a little shit, but he's an uninteresting little shit. I thought he did a really good job delivering his dialogue like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, the, doing uh, the greatest uh, Ryan Reynolds impression. But Frank hates kids. I don't hate kids. I just don't like kids. <laughs> I don't wish them any harm. Just like This isn't the first time Frank has railed on a child in a review before. But as someone who does like kids, or at least like has the ability to work with them, is Sean Levy here because he's worked on Stranger Things. So yeah. he already has a background in working with child actors. I like those kids. <laughs> and then he saw that little bit in Sedora and thought, I can make a whole movie out of this. Yes, this does have... A whole lot of shades of Zathura. Well, as far as time travel movies go, this references Terminator. There's a couple Back to the Future references. And I feel like time travel as a genre has reached a point of self-referencing, right? That you can't do a time travel movie without mentioning other time travel movies. And you basically have to make a decision, much like a zombie movie. Are we going to make a zombie movie where zombies have happened in film and entertainment, so therefore we know how to handle them? Or are we going to create a universe that has never heard of zombies and get 11 seasons of The Walking Dead? With time travel, it's are we going to acknowledge time travel is part of pop culture or are we going to treat it like it's a brand new thing? And here, they're just dropping references left and right. I think the former is more appealing for – that's what people do is just they compare one movie to another. So it's always like, well, if we name these films first, then we're going to sort of beat that crowd. It's lampshading. It's a very simple technique in screenwriting to just lampshade yeah, yeah. something that people would point out anyway. right? So they do that pretty much right up front here of dropping the Back to the Future reference of – like Biff? Yeah, okay. All right, okay. We don't need to – although – Catherine Keener as the villain in this is just doing Biff's 
plot from Back to the Future too, right? Yes. Travel back in time, teach your younger self how to manipulate the future in order to be rich and famous. Yes, and then come later and yell at yourself for not doing it right. And, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Biff is pretty much a Shakespearean character compared to the, the villain in this piece. <laughs> the villain is always meant to be like the most attractive and colorful character. And I can't think of a more lamer villain to have in your film than this one. Well, Bip is Trump, and this one is more Bezos. Yeah, a little bit of Elon Musk, Bezos combined, yeah. It's Bezos's wife. That was a hell of a divorce settlement. <laughs> well, Ryan Reynolds, let's talk about him here, because he's the star of this. He produced it. He conceived the story. He obviously had a big hand in the dialogue itself. He continues to just do his thing, and I'm continually surprised that his thing continues to work. Right, He's not doing anything different here that he was doing in Free Guy. He's not doing anything different here that he was doing when he was doing Van Wilder or Deadpool or any number of characters he's played. Red Notice, which was the other Netflix movie that he had just a few months ago. Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds as this new character. There was more of an exuberance and a playfulness to his performance in Free Guy. I mean, maybe it was the nature of that character. Maybe that's what it surprised me more because that was a character that really wasn't a character. Mm-hmm. He was allowed to be more childlike. Oh, sure. I suppose I'm being a little hard on him. He does have a bit of a range. Are you suggesting he slept through Dr. Pikachu? <laughs> this one's also just more of like, it's in his wheelhouse. Anyone that's wanting some Ryan Reynolds time, they're going to get it. They're going to get some Ryan Reynolds quality time. I'm not going to be disappointed. Well, what I feel from the script perspective all the way to Sean Levy's production and direction here is this touches on a vein very similar to Spielberg. This feels very Spielberg-esque in the content as well as the adventure nature of it. I totally had that feeling, especially when we first find him taking him to the ship. He's first going out into the woods and trying to figure out what is happening with this ship that has crashed. And he's not sure it's a ship that's crashed yet, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. But that was my first feeling walking out in those woods is that they're really trying to get that feeling to it, which to me was fine. And I think it lent to that kind of family quality to this movie, which is one of the things that I like about this film is that, yes, it's Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds. And that's we've talked about that. But the whole thing has that good family feeling movie. You could show it to everybody. You can all sit down with the popcorn And everybody's probably going to enjoy this on at least one level. I absolutely agree. This does have the family film vibe to it. This is something for the whole family to enjoy. If you're going into this and expecting to get some deep Trek, almost Kubrick-esque exploration of sci-fi and time travel, (laughs) you are signing up for the wrong movie here. (laughs) This is just meant to be a fun movie. And I think it, it succeeds in that regard. Because not every movie is going to be made for even us four, let alone our demographic. And that's that's the case with Netflix. I think this is the third movie that TC and I have been on a review of a Netflix movie. Bruise and Unforgivable <laughs> thing. In each case, is, it'd be like, well, this isn't going to be for me or for us, but... You know, they've been like in the top three each time we review. So, like, yeah. well, screw it. It doesn't matter what we say. <laughs> what we They're going to be for people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, there's certainly an audience for this. Yeah. Touching on the Spielbergism, as Ray said, the family quality of this, there's definitely an audience for this. And I'm excited to show this to my 13 year old nephew. I have a nine year old nephew as well that I'd love to show this to because I think it's not mind-numbing kids movie fair. We're not boss baby territory here. And it's a little more elevated than that. (laughs) It does have that edge to it that you would want a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, like a little bit younger to 
get into in order to sort of guide their tastes away from the childish films and more towards adult film, a little more deeper excitement, I suppose. You know what this is? This is the movie that people complain we don't get anymore, that if it's not a Marvel or a DC or something like that, that doesn't get made anymore, a mid-budget sci-fi movie. Yeah, I, I was gobsmacked to realize that, wow, this was, didn't come from anything. How about that? I remember those days. Yeah, it's an original IP as opposed to some well, franchise. Well, for now, that's a plus for sure. Was there anything in this film that jumped out as distasteful for you? Did anything turn you off so much that you rolled your eyes and thought, how much is left in this movie? Because I do feel there are people who are going to maybe give this a shot who are going to be way harder on it than they should because, come on, you have to know what you're getting into with a Ryan Reynolds movie and a Netflix movie. The very little screen time Zoe Zaldana gets is a bit eye-rolly. I don't think there's anything distasteful in this. They really understood that they wanted this to be for the family. Mm -hmm. Very tame bullying in this movie. Ah, I missed this. No one's getting stabbed or jumped by eight people. Just regular middle school, I'm about to punch you in the mouth because you won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some very chaste gut punches in here. They did that middle of the road very well as to where it didn't feel like, ooh, we're trying to keep it middle of the road. We're trying to keep it so not to offend anyone. I don't think it was where they didn't have any edge at all. This hits that mark and stays where it wanted to stay without being boring or without being too vanilla. Or I think the only thing we've discussed that was a little bit off. I don't think the villain is villainy enough, if you were to say that. I don't think the villainy is not villainy enough for me. Chew the scenery. Come on, chew it up. Just exactly. go for Even it. for the middle of a road movie, give me some Disney villain at least or something. <laughs> Yeah, we could at least go, you know, old school yeah. Maleficent or something, yeah. you know, with this thing. <laughs> so one thing I do want to tip my hat to in this is the action sequences are very well conceived and very well filmed. Ryan Reynolds, Zoe Saldana's got a couple sequences as well that show Absolutely. off her physical skills. And the way Sean Levy's moving the camera through the car chases, it's very kinetic. It's very exciting. I'm disappointed that I didn't get to see this on the big screen because I think sequences like that would have been all that much more exhilarating seeing big and loud. On my big screen in my living room, it actually worked well, and I felt engaged by them. And kudos to him for doing that. I really wish that something that Netflix would commit to more theatrical releases beyond mm -hmm. just the award stuff. Because this would be great on a big screen. Yeah, I think Red Notice as well for all its faults. The action wasn't boring and would have looked good up on the big screen. Well, let's move ourselves into final thoughts here. But before we do, I want to say that there are a lot of surprises in this in terms of some of the actors I've mentioned that are part of the cast list and how they show up. Jennifer Garner does a really good job as the mother in this. Mark Ruffalo in his role is more engaged in a way that I wasn't expecting. Catherine Keener playing our boring villain does get a chance to try to cross the uncanny valley by playing two versions of herself. So that's fun. <laughs> so, so bad. It was so bad. Oh my there God. There are some fun twists and turns to be had in here that the trailer doesn't give away everything. So I do appreciate that aspect of it. With that said, let's move into some final thoughts. Doggett, why don't you kick us off? Well, guys, what can I say? This is just fucking adorable. It's somebody saying, can I do Star Wars? And they say, no. Well, can I do this? Like, yeah, I guess. Just don't say Star Wars. <laughs> and it, it adds time travel, so it's less copyright. You know, Zack Snyder stared at this and snapped the pencil. It was like, <laughs> I'm doing a Star Wars knockoff. But I uh, I had fun with this. I actually, I like the kid more than Ryan Reynolds. Just for the pure fact that I haven't been liking Ryan Reynolds since Deadpool 2. I didn't like Deadpool 2. 
I think his shtick was getting tired. I think by Detective Pikachu, I was kind of sick of it. Mm-hmm. And right here, you had this kid just throwing every annoying thing that Ryan Reynolds does right back at his face. Oh, and it's just mm, it's beautiful to watch. You could see a little vein coming from the side of Ryan Reynolds' head <laughs> that was just satisfying to see. And just for that alone, I got to give this a good 7 out of 10. Not a lightsaber. Not a lightsaber. <laughs> Frank. Uh, so I really wasn't that crazy about this. I didn't want to like shit all over everyone's like fun time here. So I just, uh, I just I'll save it for now. But because this is an original property, and I don't want to shit on original properties. But uh, if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. I thought the first third of this was pretty lazy in terms of establishing everything it needed to establish. The middle third was sloppy AF. I think it's in the third third where everything works together. Everything, the emotion, the action. It's a pretty spectacular film all the way through. The spectacle level is through the roof, and it's just it's gorgeous to look at. But I don't think everything they wanted to do in terms of the story, in terms of the characters, it really doesn't land until the final third. And it doesn't overstay its welcome on top of that, which I really got to appreciate. It wraps things up pretty nicely. I like seeing these actors work together, but I don't particularly think anybody is all that much of a standout here. But like we all said, it's for the family. It's harmless. This is going to be a lot of people's favorite movie, and fair enough. Why not? Yeah. I, I like Free Guy. I like Stranger Things. I like Real Steel. I even like Date Night. I'm in Sean Levy's corner, but not this time. So I got to give this 6 out of 10 drinks you have at a bar and then just leave without paying for it, apparently, because you're, apparently. you're cool with the bartender. So, hey, just, you know, off you go. Ray. This film, we've agreed, it looks really good. They obviously put money into this. You've got actors that are good, but they're playing parts you expect them to play. So there's not going to be too many surprises here. It works for the family. It works for those kids who were kind of in between. We don't want to show them 2001 yet. I think, like you said, TC, but we're, <laughs> we're maybe one step up from Disney. It, but one of the things that did pull me out of it every once in a while, and this is me being that geek, I guess, we didn't think as much about the science probably as we should have in this film. <laughs> I have to say I hadn't brought that up yet. We, I do get pulled out of it every once in a while because I'm going, okay, we established that science and now we're ignoring that. Okay, now we're back to it. Okay, now we're Wibbly, okay. wobbly, timey, wimey. Exactly. So there comes a point where you're like, fine, you want to do that? You want to change the rules? Go ahead. Okay. That, 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 <laughs> do whatever you want now. Exactly. And, and by the last third of this film, Frank, when they were starting to really bring it home, wrap it up, I was on board with that i was like okay i'm good i'm okay i can deal with this <laughs> yeah. if you like a little bit of sap and a little bit of cheese the third act is going to need some kleenex for you and that's that's mm. good too we all need that every once in a while so um for the most part i really enjoyed it though i did even though when i first started watching it i wasn't sure i was going to because again i had a little bit too much of my adult geek brain going but sit back watch it enjoy <laughs> ronald reynolds being ron reynolds and enjoy the kid the kid being Ryan Reynolds. I know the actor has a name, but right now he's not. He is little Ryan Reynolds because he was just <laughs> such a great mimic, a great copycat. It was fun to watch. So overall, I am going to give this movie seven and a half out of ten watches that belong to my father. Aw, <laughs> the schmaltz is real. There we go. <laughs> I'm in agreement here with Ray here. This is a fun movie. If you enjoy Ryan Reynolds doing his standard quippy dialogue, you got it here. Walker Scobell is awesome. I'm 
dissenting against Frank here because I know he just doesn't <laughs> like kid actors. Why are Scoville not all, is not all. It depends on the kid. <laughs> Name actor. one you enjoy. I liked uh, Dakota Fanning. Um... That was twenty years ago. Was she? Was she not a kid? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, this soundtrack is Guardians of the Galaxy level of cool. It kicks off with some great late seventies, early eighties pop rock songs that great go soundtrack. through the whole of this. And set a standard in my head right away that we opened in space with an action sequence set to a pop rock classic. I thought, okay, this is the style that they're going for. And I think it stayed true to some of the excitement, comedy, and the schmaltz of Guardians of the Galaxy. If you like an adventure film that has exciting action sequences, ample amounts of pew, 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 pew. If you dig tongue-in-cheek sci-fi, this is all great stuff. It's not breaking the mold. But it's doing a great job doing exactly what it's supposed to be, as Doggett said. I'm really excited to show this to my nephews because it might capture their imagination the way The Last Starfighter did for me when I was little. If you're expecting deep sci-fi, move along. But this is a great popcorn flick, and I'm giving The Adam Project 8 out of 10 superhero landings. I feel like I ask this question every time. Do all writers have daddy issues? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Oh, come on. I'm sure some of them have mommy issues, too. Some of them. 